0: all right what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the spring legend podcast powered by rolling thunder game calls i'm your host hunter Ferrier, joining you in person today with a good buddy and co-host austin seals I finally got back over uh, over into the home state of Mississippi for a little while to uh, do a little cram session of uh, packing, configuring, picking up some finely built shells by Seals here and his dad, Mr. Donald, knocked it out of the park on those. We actually have a, a display instead of a shelf like we had at our last uh, outdoor expo we attempted, or our last, but also our first, so we learned a lot on that one. Hopefully this one will look a little better, a little more appealing to the eyes and much more efficient as far as space goes. Because um, as of right now, we're sitting in here racking our brains on how we're going to get all this stuff up there and what all we're going to actually take. And uh wish I had an answer because uh, as of now, we don't, do we? We ain't have a clue. Mm-hmm. That on top of a bunch of other stuff we got getting ready for. Um, but, yeah, we will be – and this will actually be kind of within the next forty-eight hours of this Joker air, and we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, for the unofficial official kickoff of turkey season. That um, this finally back, and I feel like last year it was kind of missing it. There was something missing at the beginning of the year, and that's definitely the NWTF convention and sports show going on in Nashville, um, which will be Thursday through Saturday. Will be the the sports show, and I think there's some stuff going on Wednesday, technically for the convention part. Right. As we learned um you know throughout Saturday, and it's gonna be a good time there's gonna be so many people there guys uh just some just an all around good time a bunch of people that like turkey hunting and uh and and something going on every hour on the hour, and some of it's overlapping each other and it's a uh, it's a lot to take in, but it's so much to do and so much to see and um we will be there we'll be all over the place, but we're trying to kind of line out a little bit of a schedule on where we are gonna be and um You can find us mostly at booth 304 which will be where we'll be selling the shirts and the hats and the books and all that good stuff. We'll be hanging out.
1: Yeah, if you go if you go in the main door, and go walk to the the main entrance, we'll be, and walk straight,
0: Mm -hmm. you'll run
1: slap into our booth.
0: Yeah, if it's if it's where I think it is, which we're going off of a a paper map here, but I'm trying to think of where somebody was. Two Years ago, the last one they had, I'm thinking that's the same, you know, little spot. That ain't a bad one. If we're limited to a 10 by 10, right. at least we'll be able to, you know, see a bunch of folks and get to shake hands with a bunch of folks. And so, looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. We'll have that podcast booth. And I don't remember where that was. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really looking for it last year. I mean, last, uh, last time they had it. And I don't know if they did. I mean, this, this year, I know they're going to have some plates of glass set up and it's going to be a couple of other, uh, podcasts that y'all probably listen to that i listen to pretty regular are gonna be next door and and we'll be in and out of that thing every now and then getting some cool guests in there but we did try to set aside best we could sometimes that we will be in the booth uh either seals or I or more likely both of us will be in there just uh for those who who did you know reach out messages and you know said that looking forward to, to hanging out talking turkey swap some stories and shake hands real quick um we will be there thursday from four to six p m we're gonna be in the booth friday we're shooting for three p m to about three thirty p m to be in the booth' cause, uh that's
1: gonna be that's gonna be a tight day
0: yeah we uh will be we're honored to be hosting the uh the awards banquet that night and uh they're doing some rehearsal stuff and and getting a bunch of stuff ready for that that um that will be tied up most of friday Then we
1: got to try to figure out how to put a suit
0: on. Yeah. I I think I can still got my one good blue suit somewhere in a closet between here and Georgia, but then we'll be there. um, Mostly all day Saturday. We'll be between the podcast booth and the, and the I don't want to call it a merch booth, but uh, yeah, I guess that's what you call it, a merch booth. Um,
1: We'll be in the big room.
0: Yeah. We'll be in where everybody else is, where you would expect us to be um, mostly all day Saturday. And um and and with that, I w- I'll be there personally. Seals will probably likely be there just as often, but I feel like we'll be doing a little bit of swapping on that day. You in the podcast booth, me in the in the apparel booth, and we'll do some swapping. I'll be in the podcast. You'll be there, but I'll be there 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday for sure signing books. So if anybody does have a book, a lot of people reached out talking about, you know, they're going to bring their book with them to get it to sign. I'm thinking, I think everything we've sold off Spring Legion was a signed copy. If I mailed it out, but then the Amazon copies. So a lot of folks have gotten an Amazon copy, going to stick it in their back pocket, want to get it signed. Hey, save six bucks right there. Buy it on Amazon, bring it to the show. I don't know how fast Prime can get it to you, but you're down for it. Um, Two days to Raymond. Two days to Raymond? That's what it is to Raymond. That ain't bad. Yeah, paperbacks, they're still put on a band. You get it about within 48 hours of ordering it. And... If you haven't yet, make sure you sign up for a Amazon Smile account because uh, you can select Turkeys for Tomorrow as your charitable source right there. And um, When you purchase the book on Amazon or anything else you purchase on Amazon that is eligible for Amazon Smile donations, um, a little bit of that money will automatically go towards the organization of your choice. And I know uh, TFT is one. I'm sure there's a couple other really good ones out there. Um, and then any paperback purchase at Springledger. dot com, we're matching it. So we'll get to we'll probably make that a you know a monthly donation or something like that. tally them up, send it over at the end of every month. But so we'll be doing some book signing, eleven to three on Saturday, and then Friday when we are out of commission for the most part, we're gonna have some help from some dudes, some well known yeah, folks.
1: G- Gary will be there. Oh yeah. Uh, Waiting to meet everybody, talk turkeys. I know he is. Uh, he is fired up about turkey season right now. Man,
0: you. Talk, I. I feel like I've talked to him probably more this past week, and that's when you know it's, it's getting in your blood, and you know I'll, I'll see something. I'll, I'll, I. I want to be like I. I got to tell Gary I saw this, or and I know he's doing the same. Just um, but he'll be there, and he's got a little something special that we're working on that we've been working on. That I encourage everybody to come check out. Um, we're not going to spoil too much more than that, but, um, it'll be at our booth, I believe probably all three days. And, um, and then for sure that Friday when they're kind of having a man, everything, um, giving us a, a big hand and, and it's much appreciated, he and partner of his with Muscony bloodline, uh, Brad will be there helping out a whole lot. So Brad's actually the, the guy that kind of handles a lot of their merchandise with, with the band. So he's going to be a huge, he's probably gonna teach us more than anything. Yep. Now you talk about and he's a cool dude you know i'll tell you how i met brad uh uh-uh. when uh when gary and charlie came to play in and, and jackson a couple of weeks ago we were uh we had just gotten in there and i ran in the restroom real quick and somebody's talking next to me about being you know doing the merchandise and stuff like that i'm like man i need to get up with this guy he, he sounds like he knows what he's doing it's the same thing you know trade show booth uh merch booths got to be pretty close to each other and wound up being brad and for a little while and then we've been working on this little collaboration project with him and he's been a a a big asset in that uh endeavor so he and then uh who else we got
1: logan cook will be there with us uh i guess most of the day thursday and then he'll be there for a little while friday morning then i think he's got to head out so
0: yeah he'll be around and i'm looking forward to seeing logan hopefully if y'all keep up with logan he's got that show off days on my Oak go so um but he'll be around, and I hope he hangs out as long as he possibly can because he's a cool guy and uh, one that's a lot of fun talking turkey with. Yeah. Love, you're talking about love turkey hunting. He likes hunting, but you can tell he's kind of cut from that turkey hunter cloth that his gears are getting going right about now, too. And he'll be there. And we will uh, We'll have a few new things that y'all ain't quite seen yet that we. Uh, yeah, don't spoil them. You don't want to spoil them?
1: Yeah, we can spoil. We can tell them about them. Don't post them. Oh, man. don't post any pictures of. Them. Let them see them in person.
0: All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But uh, we're gonna have some, and these aren't gonna be available online until after the convention. These are pretty exclusive to the convention booth, and this is 100% not strategic. This is we didn't get them, <laughs> and we're not gonna get them until we're like somebody's picking them up on the way to Nashville. Is gonna be some um some new Bottomland Quarter Zip Performance Pullovers, um. They'll be uh they'll be there at the at the convention, and um you'll be able to purchase those before they hit the website, and then after the convention in a couple of days we'll we'll upload them yeah. whatever's left. If I don't I don't know if any are coming back. That's three days of a lot of people walking by, and and I, and I saw proof of them, and they're gonna look pretty good. And I love those things. I didn't have one last turkey season, so I'm looking forward to actually hunting one. I've probably worn one every day since I got one in like when they went on sale in June, just a mossy oak blank one. And um and those are pretty sweet. Those we got a new circle track T. It'll be there too. So that's not as cool, but it will be there. They're still cool. Yeah, they're cool, but not as cool as those My quarter zips. So one more announcement and then we will get into some some topics. I have no idea what it's gonna be.
1: February yeah, yeah, February twenty third. Uh we'll join our buddies on the Speak the Language podcast, Lake and Jordan and um uh, have a live podcast at Rick's Cafe in Starkville. Um it'll Be from six to eight. We'll do be doing Q and A's, giveaways, uh, and as they mentioned on their podcast, we'll give a, have a turkey gun to give away. That's
0: pretty cool. I didn't know about that until Lake called me and he said, um, "He said, hey, you want to do like a some type of quick reel or something? You know, announcing, making sure because we're not necessarily announcing it. We're more reminding people now." Yeah. You know I think both sides of the listeners have heard about it, but if you're like me, I forget about a lot of stuff if I don't hear it pretty repetitively um so I was like that's a good idea and he's like, you know we're giving away turkey gun, but I thought he was talking in his like you know podcast, not podcast voice, but you know he's like I thought he was telling me stuff to say, like you know we kind of go over a little little rundown script or something like that on who's gonna hit which topic or who's gonna hit which you know bullet point outline or something like that and kind of how we do but he I was like hold on. Are you, he was like telling me like excited I'm like oh wait that hadn't sunk in yet we've given away a turkey gun that we're not eligible for because we're like the four <laughs> people that can't win it but um but yeah I think uh pretty much anybody in attendance I don't know if there's anything special you got to do once you get there but I know you got to be there to get it yeah but that's one of the things I don't he told me there was a lot more stuff they're giving away I know Onyx is helping out a whole lot um yeah he was he was telling me a, a few other things I don't know if it's if I'm allowed us to say them, so... We yeah, we'll stick with yeah, that. Yeah, we'll end it at that until we get some clarification on that. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool. We've already heard from folks from Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee coming down, because that's I a mean, pretty, you know... Central location. Yeah. Right yeah. I know at least one guy from Florida is going to be headed up with the Red Mist displays. He's yep. going to be personally hand-delivering a really cool... Uh, it looks like a cupboard... Kind of deal, you know the things that keeps. A, I don't know what the official term is, but a, I'd call it a trophy box, trophy box, something like that. You know, it just keeps your beard spurs, all your cool calls, collectibles. I'm gonna put the, you know, the first paperback, really messed up proof version of about of turkey going 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 to uh, reside in there, and a bunch of retired box calls that don't quite make the cut no more, hand me downs from Paul Paul and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to getting that. He did send me a picture. It looks really pretty cool um so what we got today we uh we've been in here probably worth noting that it's uh two thirteen a.m <laughs> right now so uh we didn't do too much digging around for topics but thank goodness
1: we can hit the questions
0: yeah we found ourselves in this position about not about this time a little a few hours before one week ago not having any topics not having you know any idea where we're gonna go and um, so we uh, got a good stock of some Q and A questions and and stuff like that that we're gonna kind of sift through real quick. Not promising y'all we're gonna be here for two hours talking on them because uh, I would say that we got stuff to do. I mean, I would say that we got uh, some sleep to do, but we got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. So yeah, so we'll uh, we'll hit on a few things and those Q and As, those little or I, I call yeah, I call questions. them Q and As, but. The questions on Instagram stories. Y'all know what we're talking about. Um, That combined with, um, if you haven't, we decided a while back to get us a TikTok. We wanted to find a way to stay in the now, I guess you'd say. Stay in the fad. Stay in the fad, yeah. I feel like we're not old enough quite yet to say, like, we're illiterate to technology and and things going on. But at the same time, I, I still have a hard time thinking of TikTok and not thinking of, like, trending dances and stuff like that you know yeah. but i will say like the more people that get on there like there's some cool accounts like hunting accounts on there that you know there's a lot of how-tos and stuff and like all the way from like i was watching some woodworking stuff i'm thinking like, i'm about to build me some cabinets got yeah. some uh well uh, like a bunch of like ecology kind of stuff and all that good stuff but
1: i don't all, know all kind of fun diy projects
0: too oh yeah that's how y'all bit them shells, ain't it? TikTok. No, not, I
1: didn't give him much help on those, but. Did you hold a flashlight? I held a flashlight <laughs> and
0: sometimes some screws. There you go. Did you get yelled at? Once or twice. Yep. I, I ain't never held a flashlight right my whole life. Mm-mm, I still don't know how to hold one. But, um, but hit on those. Uh, since we got that TikTok, how I brought that up is trying to find ways to kind of bring some of the stuff we kind of talk about on the podcast and stuff to, uh, a different audience. I don't want to say a different generation. I I don't think we're that old, but but some. I mean, everybody's got one now. I feel like. Well, we started doing this little deal called uh, Woodsmanship Tips, and that's just kind of little quick, tidbits of stuff that if they pop in my mind, I'll I'll do one, and some of them are good, some of them are bad, and, but it gets people going, with the with the questions, and that really does you know kind of let us know what people are wondering. Which kind of goes hand in hand with those questions we ask on Instagram, and um, just uh, I and mean, you'd be surprised at a the amount of people that say, "Hey, what is woodsmanship, and then at how long it takes to think of an answer to what woodsmanship is, because that could be, I mean, how do you put that into words? I was trying to think of it so long the other day, um, but um, I mean, in my mind, I mean, you tell me if you agree or disagree, but I think it's you know, it's the ability to take what happened to you last year, you know, last season, what's happening to you, you know, when you were a kid, just noticing through observations, through experiences, through time spent in the woods and being able to apply it to right now and being able to apply next season, you know, when you're faced with a certain circumstance or a certain morning in the woods and being able to capitalize on that intuition that you have, that kind of gut feeling you get in certain situations and kind of just use that when it comes time to make decisions and how to get through woods and how to walk through briars, how to walk through a Creek and not make a sound. And it's just
1: constant learning.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how you gain it. I mean, woodsmanship is not a one thing. It's just a, I guess, I mean, it's just the combination of experience and, and practice. You know, I I've, I've figured out how to get through briars or, or loud quote unquote grasses and, and shrubs and stuff quietly. Um, but I, still make sounds obviously but and i and i didn't it wasn't an instant hey i figured this out it was a you know or how to how to walk up a ridge the quietly and then how to walk up a ridge most quietly is finding little drainages you know that the leaves will you know 90 percent of the time will be wet and if they're not they've been washed away and there's dirt you know little things like that and all the way down to understanding the concept of camouflage camouflage is not limited to a, a certain pattern no matter which right. brand or pattern it is camouflage is blending into your surroundings and sometimes that camouflage is completely irrelevant and sometimes that's i mean that's all you guys 100 you're banking on that pattern blending you in perfectly because there's nothing else around you to blend you in and knowing how to use a backdrop and how to use stuff in front of you that's and that's i'm a big fan of bottom land because i mean trees don't have i mean some trees obviously do but Trees are, are bark, and they're right. going to have stuff. And this is something my dad actually told me when I was a kid was, you know, if you're still and quiet, you can wear just gray or brown. It don't matter. You've got leaves in front of you. Don't forget about that. You know, you can, like, that's what, I mean, I think bottom line, I think you're the base of the tree. You're going to have little shrubs and stuff. Stuff that's going to be there anyway in front of that tree between you and the turkey is going to block you all you need. Don't at least sit, it break you up enough, at least. Exactly. Just break up that silhouette. And I mean, so so don't sit there and, and try to finagle your way up into a rose bush on, uh, in the middle of the woods, so you think you're covered. Which I do like to sit and cover now. I mean, when when it comes like if there's an opening, I don't like to be in that opening or in that road or lane or something. I like to have it going left, to right more than anything, Just trying to call that gobbler to the edge of the other side, and, and shoot across that road. You know what I'm saying about. Right. 20 yards into this side to the road into the other road about 27 28 and then you got about four feet where you should have a pretty daggone clear shot if he doesn't come all the way because he's going to probably do exactly what you're doing he's going to walk to where he doesn't have to walk into the open to see what's in the open and so you want to sit not all the way in the open but you can see what's in the open and then kind of account for that extra little bit there and just a little i mean there's all kinds of stuff you can go into worship. i don't know if we got enough time to to go into them but between that and decoys decoys was another big one
1: that was a big one
0: a lot of people ask about decoys and i can hear now nobody likes to talk about not using decoys as much as folks who don't like using decoys (laughs) and they're right (laughs) yeah but i did a i think that was the first wisdomship tip that i wanted to get out there was the reason why i don't you know, a lot of people take that and they run with it or they hear, they'd see that title and say, all right, here we go. We got, It's like public land hunters love making sure you know they hunt on public land. Yeah. You know, and this is all fun and games because, I mean, I I fall, I, I'll do the same. I'll catch myself like, you know what, me saying that was on public land was really irrelevant, you know, <laughs> during the story because <laughs> I do hunt on private land a good bit too. I'll hunt wherever there's turkeys if, if I can get a hold of them or get permission um but the decoy thing is and and i wrote the whole dang chapter on curiosity versus persuasion but i didn't put decoys in the chapter a lot of folks probably look right over that and don't know that whole chapter is about decoys and, and and honestly the whole narrative behind it was that i was wrong in the assumption that only really good turkey hunters don't use decoys and if you use decoy you're not good enough to call a turkey in you know, I mean, I pretty much flat out said that's what I used to think. But as I got older and got a little wiser and got a little more experience, I kind of realized that's probably not the reason why. I mean, that might there might be some correlation versus causation argument going on there. But when it, I, now I'm referring to hen stationary sticking the ground decoys. I'm not talking about gobbler decoys or anything right now. Um, maybe one day, but but as far as decoys go. I don't use one because of the style of hunt, and that is, and I know some folks have already heard this spiel, but I'll make it short and sweet for those who haven't, is that I hunt based off of bird's curiosity, and and some folks don't do that, and a lot of that's mostly dependent on the terrain I'm in, between swampy, somehow there's swampy thickets in Mississippi. If y'all have never been in a swampy oh, thicket, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain, but it's really thick stuff, and there's also flooded half the time and it don't make much sense but hardwood stuff like that also as well but there's not a lot of fields not a lot of open areas where we tend to hunt and um just growing up how i learned to turkey hunt was um was to position yourself to to curate that curiosity in the gobble come to see where you're at and, and my point in saying that is a hey, toting a decoy around whether it be in your vest or in your hand is loud is in the way Gets my, it gets on my nerves, especially when someone else has one. I'm like, here we go. But I'm kind of kidding, not all the way. But I don't need one necessarily if you're going to use, not because I'm a better turkey hunter. I'm not saying I don't need one because I'm a better turkey hunter. I'm saying I don't need one because I'm trying to talk a gobbler into coming around a bend in the road, a brush pile, uh, coming over a ridge, coming over a little you know finger ridge or something like that, or coming around some type of structure in the woods. That's kind of what those wisdomship, I guess you'd call it, but it's intuition on on having a feeling of if that turkey's right here at my 11 o'clock and I get right here. What's something between me and him that I can kind of ease over one way or another and make sure I call to where he's going to have to walk around that and I'll get a shot? Position that within 30 yards. You know, you kill a lot of turkeys doing that. Sometimes they, they won't. Obviously, there's always that time. and. More times than not, I think regardless of however you go about turkey hunting, there's gonna be more times you don't kill a turkey and that's oh, all right. Absolutely. You know, that's how it goes. That's all right. Um, it's just how I grew up hunting. I guess it's just and and having a decoy out there kind of cures all that curiosity by having it thirty yards in front of me, trying to call him in there and he'll get in there on the other side of that barrier and hang up. Another fifty yards outside of the decoy, mm-hmm. he'll hang up. And then, then then what's 50 plus 30? And that's that notorious 80-yard hang-up stage they get in and they'll sit there and gobble their head off, gobble their head off, gobble their head off. And there ain't much you can do then because you can't move around and like and this is just because I like to move around, go backwards, you know, call down this holler or something like that, and try to make him walk, you know, over this ridge that I'm sitting on to look into that holler. And you can't really do that when you got a decoy because he's looking at it. You might can't see the turkey, but I can guarantee you he's looking at that decoy, and that decoy, by nature's design, is supposed to walk to him. Yeah. You know, so he's going to sit there, and, like, the 15 other hens that morning did, is supposed to walk to him, and he's going to sit there and wait, just like he did. That decoy doesn't do it because it ain't got no legs.
1: Yeah, he's just going to strut back and forth. Yep. gobbling and yeah. waiting for
0: you to come. And I'm sure some people are sitting out there thinking this. They will also do that if you don't have a decoy sometimes. But a lot of the times that I have ever been around somebody who has used one or I did use one it's all I feel like it was inevitable. And I don't think that's because necessarily coincidental or because I think that has a lot to do with how I call. And when I try to move around and stuff, that starts not making sense when that decoy is not moving. So right. it's, I'm saying it's clashing. I'm not saying they don't work because they do obviously work. I'm, I'd say more people use decoys than don't. I'm saying my style of moving around, calling down hollers stuff like that that's going to raise a i don't know if birds got eyebrows but it's going to raise an eyebrow or two whenever the the hen that he's been hearing is now two ridges over and the hen he's been looking at ain't moved yet or called (laughs) you know so it just gets in the way to me and um and that's kind of my theory on it and it has nothing to do with what makes a turkey hunter good or bad but um but that's i mean that's just kind of my spill on decoys and and i can see how they are I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't like using the word effective, because I mean they're all effective to a degree, and everything's ineffective to an extent. Um, just like every fair chase is fair to an extent. Turkeys don't have guns. Humans don't have wings. You know. I mean, there's always that you got to have your your personal kind of lines you draw. Um, and as far as anything in respect goes.
1: But yeah, on decoys too, though that that's probably my biggest. Turn off to a decoys like you said. I've I've seen, and, and we've hunted together a lot. I put a decoy in my truck when turkey season starts, mm-hmm. and it probably does not come out of my truck until turkey season's over, and I take mm-hmm. it to hang it back up. But I've had way more turkeys get out there to that eighty yard mark, hundred yard mark, and you can watch them. Yeah, you can sit there and watch them strut st- back and forth, and they will never break and come and more times than not when you have that situation without a decoy even if you don't move mm-hmm. which when i get i'm more the you're more the run and gun move around i'm more the patience right and more times than not if you see a turkey hang up at 80 yards and he's strutting back and forth and you don't have a decoy mm-hmm. and you can just, you can throw your call behind you just soft call mm-hmm. throw your call behind you and he's finally he will eventually it's going to take a the while curiosity baby. is going to eventually get him and he's going to slip in now you may sit there an hour an hour or so watching him mm-hmm. waiting but more times than not he's going to eventually and he may not go he may quit gobbling mm-hmm. but he's going to eventually slip in and see what was going on
0: i think i want to say what book is that the wild turkey and his hunting McAnally redid yeah. or i don't know if he was originally or the reauthor it's kind of weird how they they did that um Jordan, I think was the other author whichever one was the original one I'm not positive but someone finished the book and it was written it's up there i got like 10th legion old pro that's probably number three um it's a it's a cool and it's a cool book it's it was written like in the, i think of the late 1800s but about turkeys and it's so cool to see how they haven't changed a bit and and i know specifically I'm thinking of a little I don't know if it was a chapter, but a, a little stint in the book of him talking about if you sit here all day, every turkey's going to come back, and you know he believes firmly that he will lay eyes on wherever you last kind of called, and will come back eventually. sometime that day it might be three p.m., but he's it will eat at his curiosity, his you know in the back of his mind until he has to just kind of check it all. Almost OCD, I feel like that's what I think of when I when I heard it or read it. That, um, that a, a turkey's going to come back and at least lay eyes on that for two seconds, eventually, one time in that day, just to make sure that hen ain't still there, to see where that hen was, so if he hears it again, he'll come back. Kind of like we talk about doing, wisdomship-wise, like, you bust a hunt, you don't hear one, you still want to see how that land's going to look for, you know, next time. when he. What made him hang up here? Was it this decoy? Was it a creek? Was it... You know something, uh, I've, I've seen more times than not. I mean, not knowing they cut a section of land and them hanging up for no reason because last year it looked fine, but they cut it and it's just a, you know, it's that edge. Right. You know they they'll hang up on those edges, kind of like they'll uh, they'll get to the end of one of them, whether it's the end of the woods or the end of the cutover, but they won't go in the other. Right. I watched one in Tennessee this year with Jay and Tyler Chambers up there. He and we were calling it another turkey. Tyler was on the other side of us. I don't think he knew this turkey was even here because he almost walked up. He thought I think he thought – he saw, like, when he walked up, I had my mask on. He was like, uh-oh. Like, I just bumped the turkey away from these guys. Jay was behind me a good bit because I, I came up to the top of a uh, – I guess it was a ridge. It was just like a drop-off down to a creek. Um, but it flattened out into kind of a pasture, but it had a fence line going through it with some um, cedars going down it. And I and I couldn't see the turkey back here. I mean, he was gobbling. It, this was probably one p.m., late season. So you can imagine, you know, how that goes. You get one fired at one p.m. late season, he's feeling it. Yeah. So he's gobbling every step of the way. You can almost draw a line where he's walking. And he got to that fence line. I said, I mean, I know he's, he's going to hit that quote-unquote edge or barrier. He's going to come down, and he's going to get to this spot. He's going to walk around this rock. And here I am, you know, kind of like walking straight up as he's gobbling, let me know exactly where he is. I'm like, this is, I ain't going to say it's easy, but like we've been this day one and a half into it and we didn't kill one. So we've earned it at the end of the day. I feel like he gets almost to that rock, but he never made it that rock because of, I get frustrated thinking about it, the shadows stop. He walked in the shack, cause, uh, like, when I went back and looked, I was like, why is he doing that? He'd walk on this side of the fence. It's like a fence, but it's like half of it's not really a fence. It's just like just a tree line. Around. I'm sure a, tr- a fence used to be there or something, but it's just a line of trees, and he would walk down. He had to walk around the um, kind of, I don't know how he got. I guess I didn't see him, so I don't know how he got across the field or why that was Okay. But he came down. And he would walk on this side because the shadows were over here. And then they're they bigger on this side. And he kind of walk around this side. He was kind of weaving in and out of them. And the shadows stopped for, like, I'm telling you, about eight feet. It's just a tree, a tree had been cut down or something. I have no idea. He comes down, and there's just this eight-foot strip of light. Nope. Would not, Wouldn't for the honest. life of him, walk those eight feet to get back in the shadows and come around that rock. So – had I had a decoy in that situation, probably would have been a dead turkey. But now I know, you know, just through that experience, keep that in mind. Don't bank on this barrier if there's a barrier before that barrier. Right. You know, I mean, I still, if I don't learn something next year that I didn't know the year before, that ain't a good turkey season. So I mean, I count that as a win. Just saying, just realizing firsthand that even in the style that I do hunt, banking on those physical barriers they walk around, you got to, you got to make sure you get the first one that he's going to come to. Cause if he gets to that barrier and don't come around it or doesn't come through it, I guess you'd say might should have banked on that one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how I would have in hindsight, but we'll see. But yes, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's my two cents on decoys and I keep an open mind. I hear, I mean, I, when it comes to filming hunts and stuff, I can see how big of a uh, asset they are to, to helping out with that. Cause it ain't easy filming turkeys i've tried it you know um and then with with kids totally see how they can benefit that and there's i totally see folks you know just getting fired up about gobblers you know reacting to decoys and you get that 30 seconds of just like kind of admiring a bird strutting around it and stuff like that it's just it don't it don't mesh well with kind of how i go about things and that's just that's completely personal stuff you know
1: yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with the decoy you I'm just saying we don't prefer yeah. using them
0: yeah but to each their own and i'm i'm always open to hear reasons why and why not but i do like the word why in turkey hunting not that i just don't use them because i don't need them or i just don't use them because never have never will just hard-headed that's kind of how, that's what I was talking about. That whole chapter is explaining how I that changed. It made me start using them, but it made me realize why I didn't. What's another one we got?
1: A bird's temp. Um, checking a bird's temp. If uh, if a bird goes cold, how do you raise its temp? Just... That's uh mm-hmm.
0: That's a, another, that another wisdomship and temps. So that's pretty. Easy to know what they're talking about, but hard to put into words, I guess you'd say. Um, but a bird's temp is, this is in my mind, I get, I'm, everybody's got a little bit different, I'm sure, but their their figurative temperature on any given morning specific to that bird um, could be high, could be low. But there is, and in my mind, it's an all-around temp, too, like the the woods temp. It's kind of what I kind of go off of, and then I've seen birds fire up on a all-around low tip morning, and we're not talking Fahrenheit and Celsius. We're talking about vocalizations, um, the communication between the animals, mainly goblin. Yeah, really, not all the way, and I say not all the way because you can you can tell if a bird's not goblin or if it's not a good goblin day. This was one of them little wisdomship tips we did, and a lot of people chimed in asking to elaborate on that a little more. Um, With songbirds, whether it be owls, crows, um, just tweety birds you see here, everywhere, if they're not too fired up in the morning, and you can get out there 30 minutes before daylight, you're going to be hearing some type of something going on all the way down to, you know, hoot owls and whippoorwills, stuff like that you can you can get there and I love getting there and, and getting out and kind of I like to you know drink coffee or something like that get my stuff together find my stuff most I times was about to say find <laughs> it find what I figure out what I have left or lost uh about thirty minutes before daylight or thirty minutes before I'd go try to you know start my little walk wherever I'm gonna go to try to listen um sometimes that's thirty minutes before daylight sometimes it's two thirty in the morning I don't know but regardless, when you get out of the truck, you kind of start hearing those kind of nighttime birds. You're like, yeah, whatever it is, is right tonight. It's going to be right in the morning. And um, that's a good feeling. Um, you step out of the truck and you hear hoot owls everywhere and you start hearing crows everywhere and twitty birds. As much as I hate them kind of getting in the way of of listening for a gobble, you know it's going to be a good day. The barometric pressure is right, which to me is – I say 30.3 to 31.1 for some reason when I was 18 I, I wrote that down in a little notebook saying that when it was below that I didn't hear much and when it was above that which I don't even remember it really getting above that I just know that was the highest I probably ever wrote one down in my really inconsistent tally marks I'd write in some little paperback notebook I had in my truck tried to stick in my vest as much as possible I wish I knew where that was now I do remember those things was barometric pressure was having so much to do with it. And the more you look it up and the more you research barometric pressure, there is data on it. And it is pretty consistent with that higher range, the higher the better. Those humid muggy mornings, you're not going to hear a lot of turkeys. You're not going to hear a lot of songbirds. You're not going to hear a lot of tweety birds, crows, owls, all that stuff. But I say that to say this save yourself some time on going in there and busting some gobblers for tomorrow's hunt when they are gobbling real good. You're going to approach that hunt to me a little differently than you would trying to listen for a gobble. If you know, though everything else is cutting up, everything's very active and you're not hearing a gobble, they're probably in a turkey there to gobble or something's keeping him from gobbling already. But if he ain't cutting up, nothing else is cutting up. That's not the time you go just trekking through and all kinds of stuff. To me, you want to, you want to, my, and my, this is how I think, literally, is when it when I'm slipping through and I don't know where a turkey is or I don't know if a turkey is around, or especially then if it's raining, if it's real humid or whatever, and I'm out there hunting, I in my mind there's a turkey within 100 yards at all times. Until I, my butt's in a truck, I'm within 100 yards of a turkey, and I treat it like that. And I mean, very disciplined on that. Like, it's pouring down rain, my face mask is on kind of deal. Just because you never know. And because and, they're they're not vocal, they're not gobbling at the slam of a car door or a train or anything. They're not gobbling at a hen cackling. But I say that also, you want to match the bird's temp. That's kind of the rule of thumb there is to match the bird's temp, match the hen's temp. You hear a bunch of hens cutting up, you're all right cut up. You know, listen to us, man. That's why got to let them gobble it in my mind is for you to hear it. But if they're not, the hens aren't cutting up, they're not gobbling much. Don't go in there with the long yelps and the, you know, cutting up left and right because you're not going to sound like a turkey. You might sound like a turkey on a good morning, but you ain't going to sound like a turkey on a bad morning because a uh, turkey ain't going to be doing that. Right. So uh, you you can kind of, you know, blow your cover real quick by hopping out of the truck and getting to cranking on a box call on a morning that they shouldn't be yelping. But turkeys still make turkey sounds regardless of temp, and that's kind of where i'm kind of getting to is turkey still scratch that's a noise turkey still pop the wings pretty regularly you know they stand there and do that little wing pop they still fly across creeks they still get in fights they still that they'll still cut here and there reactive noises more than communication noises what makes them react to a noise or something they can't help is flying you know that's going to make a noise I will do stuff like that just to see if I can get one to gobble or do something like that. You ain't got nothing else to lose if they ain't if you have no idea where they are, you ain't got nothing to lose by going to a creek and doing some wing flaps, flying across a creek, something like that. You know, anything, scratch find some good thick hardwoods where there's a bunch of acorns, figure out where they might have already scratched a while back, probably not that day before. I don't like going in and scratching around where they have just walked through scratching. But there's all kinds of stuff you can do regardless of, of the weather, and and that's just kind of – treat it like there's a turkey with, around you at all times. Turkeys still make noises when they're not gobbling. Oh, um, yeah. And, that, I mean, and then birds will get silent on you. So, I mean, I treat that the same. Like, I don't I don't just hop up and walk out if a bird's been silent. I treat it like he either left or – I think that was the original question. It wasn't about them being silent in the morning. It was about them going silent. yeah. I don't know how I got down that rabbit hole. But, um, but yeah, when they go silent, I love that because I like to get silent back with them. Every now and then I will try to see, all right, it's been too long. But usually they're in the exact same spot. And a lot of times, obviously, early season they're going to be breeding hens and stuff. I give it a 15-minute little threshold. If he's gobbling every 15 minutes on the, out, on the hour, on the minute or so, I like to think that that's you know, him him breeding the hens he's with and he'll, you know, do four or five gobbles real loud, you know, real close together every fifteen minutes. He's he's with a group of hens and you're you gotta tick it in line at that point I feel like. Um staying relevant, staying in his ear helps a lot during those situations. A lot of times just being quiet. If they go quiet, I like to be quiet. I don't like, we talked about moving a lot earlier, I don't like moving in those quiet times because he could be standing in those same exact footprints he was an hour and a half ago when you heard him gobble ass, and he could be 15 yards from you, and you just don't know it. I like to move a lot, but I like to move before he's got time to readjust his snooze from gobbling. If I know for a fact I'm going to be moving after this, if if I've got an idea of which way I'm going to go, if I know the land, if I don't, I'm gonna find out pretty quick. You know, might be a little more hesitant on, you know, trying to get there quicker, but I'm gonna, you know, kind of read it as it go. I'll wait till that next guy I'll, I'll if I gotta sit there for forty eight minutes until he gobbles again. When he does, sometimes he's two hundred yards away, sometimes in the exact same spot, but I don't know. i I've I've bumped a lot of turkeys because he goes silent and I go silent, he thinks I'm walking away, I think he's walking away. Uh-uh. we meet in the middle and he lives <laughs> more times than not. And I look like an idiot. You'd think I learned my lesson after a two or three times of that, but I try to keep that. And that's probably why I'm so gun shy on leaving my mask down when I'm walking around and I don't hear birds. I I know they can be anywhere at any time. But going back to just turkey noises, I mean, you ain't got to sit there and yelp. If those, if those hens aren't yelping, if you're close enough to hear the hens, should be at least and you don't hear much, you, I think there's a chance you can you can talk them away. But Or a lot of nothing time. else, just waste your time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think you're kind of, more. you have a better shot at, at letting them know you're not a real turkey when you start doing stuff that the real turkeys aren't doing. So, they're just scratching around purring, guess what you probably need to be doing?
1: Scratching around purring. Mm-hmm.
0: Silent gobblers are just fun to hunt to me. I do love hearing gobblers, but ones that gobble here and there. Because and, that's the suspense time. Kind of like, all right, so relaying back to earlier, we're talking about people hunting differently, saying that some people love watching them strut in, strut around the decoy. I can see how that's really cool. Or even the folks that, you know, they just like them coming in and beating up the Jake decoy and stuff like that. Like, I can see how that's cool. Because, like, I think I have, like, an odd fascination with that silent period. Like, that's the suspense to me that probably way greater than them, than folks that, that usually sit on the same tree for a long period of time, know the land, know the route that a turkey usually takes and stuff. Stuff that I I don't spend much time studying which way they go every day. Because usually it's the first time I've ever been there and I have no idea. I don't have time to learn that before I got to leave. So, but that I would relate that to that. That suspense, that's kind of what, I, what draws me to the woods more than anything, is not knowing if that turkey's headed here. My heart's beating just as fast as if I watched him walk in 200 yards to come, you know, make 15 loops around a decoy, 15 yards in front of me. That feeling to me is is me not knowing where he's at at all and knowing that he could be 15 yards on the other side of that brush pile. And, and I'm just waiting for that right there in my face. But that whole time not knowing if he's about to, even if he could be 250 yards away, doesn't even know I exist. But the fact that I think he's on the other side of that brush pile about to do that, that kind of gives me going just as much. And when he does, it's it's hard to beat to me.
1: I agree 100% with you on that.
0: Glad you're still awake with us. I'm good. You good hanging in there? We, uh, We only got, was it 720 shirts to fold? Let's see. Something like that. 720 shirts. and 1240. <laughs> What's that? We got to somehow get. Put in these deck things. Yep. 1200 shirts. 720 hats. That's what it was. We got a sort. Count. All that stuff. Maybe done by sunrise. If we're lucky. And that ain't even the start of it. We're going to get this joker out the way and we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of folks there oh yeah i'm excited about it yeah i ain't not excited but i ain't boned about it one bit i'm kind of ready, ready for another cup of coffee and grind it out and get ready and, and figure out what else we forgot to get
1: we'll be doing that till uh thursday morning
0: probably through saturday honestly <laughs> we'll be third day of the convention man we did forget that um card reader or something now we're bringing spare card readers because last one gave us a little trouble.
1: Yeah, um, if we forgot the card reader, I don't think we'd make it until Saturday.
0: Mm-mm. Nope. So, folks, you don't know what the countdown is, do you? What is it? 28 days. That are Wearing weeks. No more months.
1: Yep. 28 days until – that's, that's crazy because we'll – Yeah. And we'll be busy, I think. We'll be at the um, – Nash for this week. hmm. The next week we will um Starville. That's startable. Then the next week's March. God. Something that's like crazy. That. No, that's it. Is I that think. right? Yeah.
0: Or close to it at least. It still feels like December to me. Yeah, I mean we we will uh the twenty third
1: will be in, in um uh, and then the following Tuesday will be March
0: first. There you Youth weekend and stuff start opening
1: up that I think youth weekend will run the um
0: usually the eighth ish
1: yeah it'll be the uh well with here with turkey season opening on a Tuesday, I don't know how that I don't know if they're gonna run it on a I don't know. on a Saturday the Saturday and Sunday before our you know normal season opens or if they're gonna still do it a whole weekend before, yeah.
0: because last year was funky that youth weekend touched the real one, yeah. is that what it was. Yeah. Youth weekend was Saturday, Sunday, and the opening day was Monday. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what it was. So, But, I mean, Turkey should be kind of – Lance said he'd been hearing them. That's why he – when Lance said, like, Turkey's been gobbled, I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, Wait. I mean, it is getting to be late February. I mean, I've heard – I'm you know, you remember when I heard Turkey gobble that day on the refuge Star Yeah. I called you about – Ten minutes after daylight to tell you it was on your birthday. Yeah, and I was like, "This is the earliest I've ever heard a turkey gobble. Springish. Was he gobbling at anything more than just having a good day? No, but I was pumped. Oh yeah, because that was about the fourth morning in a row I went to listen. Knowing I wasn't gonna hear nothing, I just wanted to kind of like look around and have an excuse to put on a green leaf jacket and stand by my truck in the woods. Like just you know, I just love doing stuff like that. I mean, I could do that every day. If I knew there was a chance, I could hear one. And you can bet your bottom dollar I was there about the next 14 days doing the same. <laughs> See if I could hear another one. I don't think I did until, you know, that first week of March, really. I don't know. I don't want to get too far. To... I try to contain it. I got that January wave, you know, we we're talking about.
1: You, usually how I am that week after the convention, I'm I'm out listening. It ain't,
0: it ain't no, it's full throttle pedal to yeah. the metal after the convention. Cause that is, that's what I say. Like, it's a kickoff. It is. The ball game starts then, and then the business part feel like starts, and that the mind is shifting, and then that overnight shift happens. And when that oh, overnight yeah. shift happens,
1: it's game on. Yep,
0: it's, it's kind like of a different breed of a person, just a different mindset, a different stature. I mean, different posture, different,
1: different everything. Yep. Your whole demeanor changes. Yep. Twenty eight days. Twenty
0: eight days. All right, folks. That's all we got for you, or I, or our listeners fall asleep. I'm sure. I hope we weren't as monotone as we probably really were, as we're hanging on by a thread here. But we're looking forward to seeing a lot of y'all in Nashville um, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Again, come by and see us, booth three or four. I don't think it's gonna be hard to miss us. But we'll have some stuff up on the story and stuff. Follow along for the um, podcast stuff. We're going to be right there in a plexiglass room. Clear should be able to see us. Probably the ones, there, there'll be four there. Three of them will be talking on it. One of the booths will be sitting there trying to figure out how to plug all the stuff up. That's probably going to be us. That'll be us. Yep. That'll probably be us because um, uh, we're still winging it.
1: It's the name of the game.
0: Yep. And uh, we will see y'all there guys we appreciate any reviews any stars you can give us on uh spotify speaking of which looked at primo's the other day like and jordan are kicking our butt in the star race we ain't got a star race but i was like dadgummit they got like 100 more than we do so if you listen to us on spotify take a second please one star five stars I don't care how many stars but
1: Oh, five stars.
0: I mean, I'm I'm down for as many as they'll let you. I get think us.
1: that's all they can. I think that's all they can select is five stars. Really? I don't think they can do four, three, two, or one.
0: They're probably broken now that yeah, you say they're that. broken. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, we got to we got to step our game up if they're going to be that far ahead of us on the ratings. So yeah, but regardless, we appreciate. it. If you just want to spread the word, you ain't got to give us a star. I don't care. You just tell a friend about us, share an episode with them through text message. That's fine with me. You send us a dm say what you'd like didn't like say some stuff you want us to cover tell us to stop covering yeah we're listening but um nonetheless guys we appreciate y'all listening in every week looking forward to uh seeing a lot of y'all and looking forward to a lot of turkey Hunt stories to come thanks again for listening to the spring legend podcast we'll see y'all next time